Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. A terrifying hurricane is on a collision course towards New Orleans, just as a popular bar owner is found shot to death. He was shot in the back of the head, execution style. With the hurricane approaching, only a limited amount of time that they have to try to find out who this person is. And not just any hurricane. Hurricane Katrina was just bigger and it was meaner than any hurricane we've seen in a long time. Hurricane Katrina brought unimaginable devastation. It was one of the worst disasters in U.S. history. I remember seeing people on their roofs. There were bodies in the water. As the storm hammers into the Gulf Coast, will someone get away with murder? It definitely changed the outcome of this investigation, and no one was prepared for that. There couldn't have been a better time for somebody to commit a crime like this. New Orleans, Louisiana is a bustling city filled with a cross-cultural population and known to have a vibrant nightlife. New Orleans is like nowhere else in the world. We have so many things to do here that never sleeps. Everyone's always partying. There's festivals every weekend, jazz fest, of course, gardens galore, anything you can think, food, drinks, just a great time. But the jubilance is often counterbalanced by the city's sinking coast and temperamental weather. New Orleans is very tropical, so the summers are hot, they're humid, it can be oppressive at times, and in fact, really all year long, it's pretty wet. New Orleans is basically a soup bowl. It's highest all around the edge and it's lowest in the middle, so when it rains, everything goes to the center. Located near the Gulf of Mexico on the banks of the Mississippi River and Lake Pontchartrain, New Orleans is also a prime target for hurricanes. Hurricanes form over warm ocean waters. You get all this nice warm moist air to rise up, cool and condense. You get clouds, you get thunderstorms. Low pressure develops at the surface. That's rotating counterclockwise. And as that pressure drops, the wind speeds actually go up and it strengthens. June 1st through November 30th is known as hurricane season, and Louisiana needs to be on guard the entire time, as it is common to have multiple threats in a given year. New Orleans is so prevalent to hurricanes because of where we sit. We don't have anything that protects us from that storm surge that comes on. And in the late summer of 2005, New Orleans experienced the most destructive storm to ever hit the Big Easy. This is an unbelievably dangerous and intense storm, folks. You really do need to get out of this region if you have not done so already. On August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina made landfall on the Gulf Coast in Louisiana and Mississippi as a strong Category 3 with winds up to 125 miles an hour. Approximately 1,800 people died directly because of the hurricane and the flooding that followed. 
and millions more had to leave their homes in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, and nobody saw that coming. The loss of life and property damage was heightened by breaks in the levee that separated New Orleans from Lake Pontchartrain. At least 80% of New Orleans was underwater, making Katrina one of the most deadly storms to strike the United States. You know, Hurricane Katrina was just bigger and it was meaner than any hurricane we've seen in a long time. We weren't ready for it. Hurricane Katrina is gaining power and is forecast to be a monstrous storm. That Friday, Hurricane Katrina was a category one with winds at 80 miles an hour. It had just moved over Florida and it was headed towards the Gulf Coast. At that point, New Orleans was unaffected. It was a beautiful sunny day, birds were chirping, and that's usually how it is before a hurricane. It's almost that calm before the storm. Storms need warm, moist air to survive. They also feed off really warm water temperatures, but it's not just the water. It's also the environment around them and above them that will determine if the hurricane gains strength or it weakens. By 10.30 a.m., the storm swirls from the Florida coast towards Louisiana, intensifying to a Category 2 hurricane. Though the Louisiana governor declares a state of emergency and National Guard troops are deployed to the Gulf Coast, the people of New Orleans aren't too concerned. We mainly just partied because that's what it meant to us. You just have a hurricane party and kick back and hang out with friends. They just really couldn't believe that it was going to be as big as it was. As police officers prepare to secure the city, a disturbing 911 call comes in from an employee of a local bar owned by a 57-year-old man named Joe Wong Choi. I think the owner has, has died in the back. I finally just popped the lock and had someone go back there to... He's unconscious. He's unconscious and he said he was ice cold. Joe Wong Choi Jr. was born in August 1948 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Raised in a large family, Joe quickly stood out from the rest. We had five sisters and when he was a kid, he was just a character. He had a very large personality. He was someone that I knew that I always could count on for almost anything. After he graduated high school in 1966, Joe headed straight into the Army. He was in the infantry. He went to Vietnam. He never talked a whole lot about it. I know it affected him. When he got out of the service, Joe came right back to New Orleans and became a successful businessman. He'd done some real estate. Joe had bars, he had restaurants, he had apartments. He owned several businesses in the area. He was a natural at business. He had a magnetic personality, so people were attracted to him. He fell into that like a fish to water, you know? Although he married several times, none of them lasted. But his pride and joys were his three beautiful daughters. He loved them completely. He adored them. They lit up his world. He went through great lengths to make sure that his daughters would be safe and cared for. In 1989, Joe opened a bar called Polynesian Joe's on Magazine Street in the heart of New Orleans, and it drew crowds. 
but it was mainly a locals atmosphere, people that lived in the area. A lot of times after the bar would close, um, a lot of the regulars would hang out and kind of have an after party. So the party never stopped. To keep an eye on his investment, Joe stayed close. Polynesian Joe's had a apartment that was located right behind it. There was a door that went to his office and then his apartment. He lived there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He was able to watch the bar and make sure things went like they were supposed to and nothing bad happened. I know my dad had been robbed multiple times, but my dad had a gun. He sleeps with a gun under his pillow. Joe soon earned a reputation around town for being that go-to guy. He'd take kids that were having a hard time making it on the street, and he'd give them jobs at his bar. He never met a stranger, anything you needed. He'd give you the shirt off his back. He lived and breathed New Orleans. He just wanted to take care of the city. But now, all that has been taken away in an instant. Officers and EMTs arrive to Polynesian Joe's. They can see Joe lying in bed in a pool of blood. He's obviously deceased. When they check his body, they see what looks like a gunshot wound to the head. At the time, they believed that it was possibly a suicide. Wasn't sure if it was a murder or not. But on all calls, when there is a death in New Orleans, we definitely call the homicide detectives. As the outer bands of Katrina loom offshore, winds and rain intensify. And in the midst of all the chaos, detectives are tasked with solving this mystery. But will they be able to? It was very stressful, especially knowing that Katrina's barreling right towards us. It pretty much was the worst time to have something like this happen. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hurricane Katrina is gaining momentum as a Category 2 hurricane while it spins over the Gulf of Mexico. As the storm spins over the Gulf of Mexico, it's fueled by the warm waters in the Gulf. So at this point, the winds are at 100 miles an hour and the hurricane is heading towards the coast. A state of emergency is declared and authorities brace the city of New Orleans for impact. There's always gonna be that big one that's coming, but most of the time it's just a little category one, a little wind, a little bit of rain, but it's not too bad. Of course, Katrina was definitely different. At this point, officers were going around just securing streets and preparing for the storm by getting the supplies. It's a lot of preparation, especially as a law enforcement officer. New Orleans detectives have arrived to investigate the shocking death of the owner of Polynesian Joe's, a 57-year-old named Joe Wong Choi Jr. Detectives enter Joe's apartment behind the bar and find him lying naked in bed in a pool of blood. The victim suffered a gunshot wound to the head. There was an entry wound that came into the right jaw and exited the top of the victim's head. They believed that it was possible suicide. They find a casing near his body from a nine millimeter. It's lying right there next to him, so they take it into evidence. Detectives search around for the gun, but find none. So the officers initially believing that was a suicide, that kind of changed when we couldn't find a weapon inside the residence. They wonder if perhaps this was a robbery gone bad. We look for maybe signs of forced entry or a broken window. In this case, none of those things were there. And nothing appears missing. In fact, Joe's body seems quite relaxed, as if he was sleeping. It was pretty obvious that the victim was in a, a relaxed position, was on the bed. Like, normally, if someone's been ambushed, you may find them by the door trying to flee or get away. And he was found in the bed, so he was definitely comfortable in the person he was there with. So whoever was there was allowed into the residence, or they had a key. It appears to have happened fairly recently. Detectives noticed that the blood is still fresh, and the body is not yet in rigor mortis. So it looks like it may have happened earlier that morning. Detectives now have a homicide investigation on their hands, and it looks like the killer might be someone Joe knew. As his body is removed for an autopsy, investigators ask to speak to every possible witness. Detectives ask the employees that found the body to call all the other employees and have them come to the bar for questioning and then we were directed to call any of our regulars that might have been around within the previous days. So we kind of, we, we called everyone in and we kind of had a staging area in the front bar where everyone would sit to wait. And then the police were in the, the middle bar and they would call people in there to interview them. Detectives gather details about the events that led up to the discovery of Joe's body. They all say that the night before there was a big party at the bar, so it was packed with people. Joe was lasting at the bar around 4 a.m. after partying quite heavily, but he was his usual jovial self. The party ended, and one of our guys that would help us clean up after parties was certain that he had locked all the doors prior to leaving and that Joe was there alone. 
However, Joe was known for his after parties, so anything is possible. He could have invited a bunch of people over afterwards, or people could have just showed up after leaving a previous bar, and he said, come on in, let's have a drink. But when the bartender showed up for her shift that morning, she realized there was no money for her to start with. She didn't have her bank, which was not normal. Even if Joe wasn't there, he would leave our banks for us. So, but his car was outside, his truck was parked outside. And if Joe wasn't there, but his truck was, that's very concerning. When customers started showing up, the bartender says she tried calling Joe and banging on the door with no response. Worried, she asked one of the male regulars to help her break into Joe's apartment. The top lock wasn't locked, and so they were just able to use a butter knife to kind of stick in there because it was just the bottom handle that was locked. She says she can see Joe is in his bed, so that's when she asks a male customer to go in and wake him up. And that's when they find Joe's ice-cold body. So she calls 911. With Joe coming into contact with so many people on a daily basis, investigators have their work cut out for them until they get a lucky break. One of the morning shift janitors says he saw someone around 8 a.m. The janitor informed detectives that he observed a white female, younger white female, walking out of the residence, and she entered the vehicle. He said when she jumped in the vehicle, you know, she drove off. Almost seemed like she was, she, she was in a rush, but he didn't think anything of it. He says she's driving a blue vehicle, appears to be 5'6", medium build, with shoulder-length brown hair, and somewhere in between her late 30s and early 40s. For police, it's not much to go on, and the clock is ticking. With the hurricane approaching, there's only a limited amount of time that they're having to try to find out who this person is, because at some point, they're going to be having to deal with the storm, which is pretty much on their back. They have to prepare themselves, prepare their family to evacuate. But at the same time, we have a job to do. We have to investigate this, this crime, which makes it kind of tough, you know? But as investigators, we have a job to do, so we have to get in there and do it no matter what. While the New Orleans police search for a killer, Hurricane Katrina intensifies. Entire Gulf Coast is in a state of emergency. Hurricane Katrina is now a category two with winds over 100 miles an hour as it edges closer and closer to New Orleans. We did not expect that to happen right up until the time it happened. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The entire Gulf Coast is in a state of emergency. Hurricane Katrina is now a category two with winds over 100 miles an hour as it edges closer and closer to New Orleans. Meanwhile, detectives are battling to solve the murder of local New Orleans bar owner, Joe Wong Choi Jr., before it hits. He was shot in the head with a nine millimeter, but all they have is a shell casing and a witness who says he saw a woman driving away from the scene in a blue vehicle. When investigators notify the family, they are heartbroken. My whole world was turned upside down. It definitely changed my life forever. Just kind of left us, us bleeding, and everybody was suffering, and we couldn't get together with each other. But the family has no time to grieve. Later that day, Katrina grew in size, now a Category 3, with and a distinct eye and the potential for it to get bigger. Something like that could be catastrophic to the coast. The mayor starts a voluntary evacuation of New Orleans metro area residents as the storm threatens the city. We were one of those people, just like everyone else, need to find water, milk, gas. Lines for the gas station were incredible. There was no communication because cell towers were bogged down with everybody trying to communicate with one another. Everyone is on high alert. Police have no choice but to put their murder investigation on hold. Any other witnesses or anyone with information that could help them is most likely evacuating. And a lot of times we use the news to our advantage. But at this point, the news is covering Hurricane Katrina and it kind of goes under the radar. You need to come to the realization that this is not a fire drill. This is not a movie that we are making here. This is the real thing. This is the thing that we talk about, we see in computer models that is actually coming true. By the next morning, Katrina is approximately 320 miles off the Louisiana coast and has reached peak wind speed at 175 miles per hour. Katrina has escalated from a category three to a category five. If it made landfall at that strength, it could make areas uninhabitable for weeks or even months. The mayor of New Orleans orders the first ever mandatory evacuation. At that point, that changes the game. The city just kind of goes into chaos. Although millions try to flee on jammed highways, many people refuse to leave or are unable to do so. A lot of the people that live here are below poverty. So they don't really have anywhere to go and have the means to leave. The New Orleans Convention Center and Superdome open for shelter. 
That's why a football team plays. It's not a hotel. It's not built to accommodate a whole city. It was terrible. The National Weather Service warns that a significant storm surge could send water over the top of some of the levees in New Orleans. The levees that we have around New Orleans were built to prevent the water spilling over into communities. However, over time, um, we've been through multiple hurricanes. That has beaten down our levees. So when you have a massive force of water hitting that, at some point, it's going to give. At 6 p.m., the mayor orders a curfew, and almost 30,000 residents seek safety in the Superdome. Katrina made landfall in the early morning hours as a Category 3 with winds at 125 miles an hour, affecting an area about 400 miles wide. Now, the right front quadrant, which is the worst part, devastated places like Gulfport and Biloxi, Mississippi. Massive storm surge devastates coastal areas across Mississippi and southeastern Louisiana, including New Orleans. The hurricane pushes the water, and it pushes it out of the Gulf, and it's got to have somewhere to go. The governor issued a state of emergency to try to get outside resources to come in to try to help, to try to save some of these people. But three hours later, a bigger disaster strikes. People woke up to stepping out of their bed into water. As Katrina tears through New Orleans, will Joe Wong Choi's killer escape justice? Are they going to be able to find anything? Because now the city's been wiped out. You'd think it would be the best time for someone to get away with murder. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill 
to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill. Or text thrill to watches as Hurricane Katrina hits Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama as a Category 3 hurricane with winds of 125 miles per hour and storm surge over 20 feet high in some places. Katrina made landfall in the early morning hours as a Category 3 with winds at 125 miles an hour affecting an area about 400 miles wide. Now the right front quadrant, which is the worst part, devastated places like Gulfport and Biloxi, Mississippi. Those left in New Orleans struggling to survive the storm have no idea it was about to get much worse. A levee is breached in the lower ninth ward between New Orleans and Lake Pontchartrain. And more breaks are reported in the Industrial Canal and the 17th Street Canal. Water begins pouring into Eastern New Orleans, the Lower Ninth Ward, and St. Bernard Parish. That was the catastrophic thing that we always heard legends of. Yeah, one day those levees are going to break and the city will be underwater. And unfortunately, it happened. We were not prepared. People woke up to stepping out of their bed into water and didn't expect that. The water just started to rise, coming out of the sewer drain, coming up and higher and higher, and covering up a lot of houses. You could almost see the wave of water coming up the street. For a lot of the people, the water went over their roof. It was too late. They couldn't do anything. They had to use an axe or use something to get themselves out of the house because they were drowning. There were bodies in the water. It was quite devastating to see that. It was bad. By that afternoon, the storm rips a hole in the Superdome, putting sheltered victims at risk. The President of the United States declares an emergency disaster for Louisiana and Mississippi. Hurricane Katrina has proven just how powerful Mother Nature can truly be. Katrina was by far the worst hurricane I've ever experienced. By the next morning, as Katrina makes its way over Tennessee, it weakens to a tropical depression with winds of 35 miles per hour. But it leaves New Orleans devastated. Almost 10 inches of rain had fallen in New Orleans. You had storm surge over 15 feet in some places. And an estimated 80% of the city was submerged underwater, up to 20 feet in some spots. By the next day, the governor orders a total evacuation of New Orleans. After Hurricane Katrina, the city was devastated. The power was out in pretty much the whole city, businesses destroyed. A lot of people, you know, they were stuck in the, in the Superdome. They couldn't use the bathroom. Life in the area is not sustainable, and traffic throughout the city is restricted to emergency and utility vehicles. Floodwaters were not able to recede quickly because of the broken levees and the failed pumps. In fact, Katrina displaced more than one million people along the Gulf Coast. We lost a lot of police officers and stuff at the time due to displacement. Which means the investigation into the murder of local bar owner Joe Wong Choi Jr. 
will have to wait while the people of New Orleans work to rebuild their city. It was very traumatic. We were hopeful that it wouldn't impact the investigation, but the more we discovered the damage to New Orleans, we knew it had to be impacting it somehow. Any police officers who came back tried to help those who were stranded and handle all the crime that was happening in the city. There was a lot of looting and violence. Well, it was a very tough thing for the officers who live in New Orleans, who probably lost all of their property, and were also dealing with, them with the devastation, but they also had to be law enforcement officers at the same time. As the weeks go on, water starts to recede, and the city is slowly able to repopulate and rebuild. But electricity and water aren't restored until October. We didn't have power for over a month during Katrina. Some places were even longer. Joe Wong Choi's family still wants to have a proper burial for him, but no one can find his body. They had to get the bodies out of the morgue because New Orleans had no power. Nothing was tagged, so they moved all of these people with not knowing who they were or where they were sending them. It was three months before we could even locate his body. My aunt had to give DNA to match my dad to bring his remains back. They just gave us like a bag of ashes. We never saw him. There was absolutely no closure. It was like, like an open wound. It was tough. As soon as they were able to, Joe's family has a small church funeral. He would have wanted to have that jazz party, that second line down the street, having cocktails talking about all the fun things that everybody could remember of Joe, and that's what we were robbed of. With residents of New Orleans slowly starting to come back and assess the damage to their homes, Investigators reopened many cold cases, including Joe's. It took almost about six or seven months before the detectives could get back into the investigation, which is a long time. You can lose a lot of evidence, key pieces of evidence. The crime scene had been looted and completely contaminated. Even worse, crime scene photos and Joe's autopsy report have also been lost in the floods. Luckily, it doesn't take long before detectives get a big break in the case. The New Orleans Police Department gets a call from a man who says he's a local bartender with information on Joe Wong Choi's murder. The tipster agrees to meet with the detectives. He says that just before Katrina hit, he was talking with an acquaintance about Joe's murder, a woman named Ashley Thornton, who used to bartend at Polynesian Joe's. He says that he allowed her to stay with him, and during that time, Ashley actually confessed to the murder. He says she admitted to shooting him in the head, claiming he had tried to rape her. But there was nothing to really show that, given any truth to that allegation. He says that after her confession, Ashley took off and never came back. He doesn't know where to find her. He was quite shocked to find out that the woman that was staying with him actually murdered somebody. So it took him a while to come forward. 
To see if the tipster is telling the truth, detectives check in with employees at Polynesian Joe's and learn that 21-year-old Ashley was well-known there. Ashley Thornton was one of our regular's girlfriends, and she used to come in with him. She seemed like she might have been a bright girl, but she was partying a lot and just didn't really care about anything in life at that point. They say about a week before he was killed, Ashley was looking for work, and Joe was in need of a bartender. So he decided to give her a shot, but she didn't last long. She only lasted a couple of shifts, and he caught her doing drugs in the bathroom and fired her. Now they're thinking maybe this is payback from a disgruntled employee. Joe never mentioned any interaction with Ashley other than, you know, the few times she worked at the bar. Investigators run her name in their criminal database. They see that Ashley fits the description the janitor gave them of the girl seen leaving the bar the morning Joe was murdered. And Ashley is no stranger to breaking the law. They saw that she had extensive history for drugs, prostitution. She had a lot going on, which definitely made her a suspect in this investigation immediately. Detectives follow up on their biggest lead yet and discover something that will blow the case wide open. At that point, the investigation is it's rolling out. But will the disastrous aftermath of Hurricane Katrina hinder their investigation even more? The basement actually flooded, so all the evidence was submerged underwater. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. In August of 2005, Hurricane Katrina tore through the Gulf Coast with torrential winds and devastating storm surge. Katrina caused approximately 50 failures around New Orleans. And eight months later, people are still suffering from the catastrophic damage from the flooding that left millions homeless. Months later, the investigation into Joe Wong Choi Jr.'s murder has been renewed when New Orleans detectives finally get a suspect, 21-year-old former bartender, Ashley Thornton. 
A tipster called and said she confessed to killing Joe just days after the killing. And investigators looking into Ashley's criminal record soon discover something that catches their eye. They discover that she was actually arrested for drug and gun possession in Jefferson Parish, about two miles from where Joe was murdered at 8.42 that same morning. Detectives call that station and deputies fill them in on Ashley's arrest. Detectives learned that on the morning Joe was killed, Ashley was seen driving erratically and some civilians called in about it. They were concerned she was going to hit somebody. When the JPSO officers found her, she was actually in her vehicle. The vehicle was basically stopped and she was seated in the back seat. And she was found to be kind of delusional, like she was out of it, possibly high or under some type of uh, influence. A key thing is that she was pulled over in that Oldsmobile, which is identical to what the witness saw on scene. Plus, officers on the scene found prescription pills and other items belonging to Joe Wong Choi Jr. That the prescription pills were actually for Joe. And there was also a checkbook. It was Joe's checkbook that she had on her person. And there was a firearm, a nine millimeter handgun that she was caught with, which matches the casing that was recovered from the scene. At that point, the investigation is it, rolling now. She also had cocaine, a crack pipe, and over $500 in cash. The 9mm gun was under the driver's seat. She told them that she and Joe were friends, and she was holding on to his gun and pills for him. But at that point, they had no reason to suspect that she had anything to do with a homicide. Joe's body hadn't even been discovered yet. The Jefferson Parish officers at the time seized the gun and put it into evidence. Ashley was arrested for drug possession and being a felon in possession of a firearm. Normally, when officers do find prescription pills on someone, they do try to contact that person to see why they're found with the person that they have. And they will go and get that handgun to get it test fired so it could be compared to other crimes. But at the time, they had bigger issues to deal with. With Hurricane Katrina, that wasn't done. The officers, they had to prepare for the, the storm also. Detectives learned that after her arrest, Ashley made bail that same day. Because of the storm, she was able to bond out and get released from jail because everybody was evacuated. They realized that must be when Ashley stayed with her bartender friend and confessed to Joe's murder. Thanks to Katrina, her secret was kept safe for eight months. Now, everything points to Ashley Thornton being Joe Wong Choi Jr.'s killer. But it's all circumstantial evidence. Detectives still need physical proof that she's the one who fired the gun that killed Joe. The officers had to get the handgun to have it test fired. But due to Katrina, trying to match it to the bullet casing from the crime scene presents new challenges. After the shooting, that evidence was taken to the evidence room at police headquarters in the basement. With the storm, the evidence room actually flooded, so all of the evidence was submerged underwater. Unfortunately, detectives have to find it, and when they do, it's completely corroded. That really hindered the investigation because if it wasn't for the storm, that case would have probably been cleared within a few days. Six months later, a new detective is assigned to the case. He takes the corroded bullet casing to the now available crime laboratory, and they make a huge discovery. They were able to get some of the corrosion off of the casing and able to be compared to the gun that was found on Ashley Thornton. 
and it was discovered that that was the gun that was used in the murder. So she was seen leaving the bar shortly after they believed Joe was shot. She stopped 45 minutes later with the murder weapon, Joe's checkbook, and his pills. It's enough for an arrest. And Ashley's not very hard to find. She was serving a three-year sentence in prison after pleading guilty to drug charges from her arrest and awaiting sentencing on the gun charges. Once authorities learn that Ashley's already in prison, they decide to wait until she's finished her sentences before charging her with Joe's murder. It just made sense for her to finish out the time. But the court system, it was, her case was so complex. Like, it's very rare you're able to say in the courtroom that a weapon you were charged with was involved in a murder. When Ashley completes her sentence in 2008 for the drugs, two more years are added when she pleads guilty to being a felon in possession of a firearm from that same arrest. It took a while for the charges to actually go to court because the courthouse was also damaged by the storm. The water was all the way up to the steps, and it flooded out the bottom part of the courthouse. But when she finished serving her sentence on the gun charges, New Orleans police picked her up right as she was released from prison. Six years after his death, on April 11, 2011, Ashley is indicted for the second-degree murder of Joe Wong Choi Jr. She pleads not guilty. If convicted, she potentially faces life in prison. When I found out that it was Ashley Thornton, I was shocked because I was not necessarily her biggest fan, but I did not think that she would be the one that did this. As Ashley Thornton heads to trial, will the evidence be enough to convict? I believe that Ashley thought that she would get away with this murder because of the hurricane and the way that it affected the city. In just a few short days, Hurricane Katrina caused catastrophic and costly damage that has taken decades to repair. But due to its timing, it deeply impacted the New Orleans murder investigation of Joe Wong Choi Jr. Due to Katrina, they had lost a lot of evidence. The autopsy report was missing. I know a lot of the pictures were missing. The casing, the main piece of physical evidence, was lost and then corroded due to the flooding. The entire investigation had to wait due to evacuations and resources spread thin. I imagine that they would have gotten Ashley much quicker if it wasn't for Katrina. There couldn't have been a better time for somebody to commit a crime like this. In June 2012, Ashley Thornton's trial begins. Prosecution presents their case. They say Ashley had an extensive record for drug-related charges and prostitution. Her drug problem led her to fund her addiction by any means necessary. And after being fired, Ashley was desperate for a fix. So on August 27th, she showed up at Polynesian Joe's. Ashley was definitely someone who was looking to take advantage of Joe. And she ultimately, she did that. Ashley actually went back to Joe's apartment trying to hook up for cash or his pills. She was at an all-time low. I think my dad had already had these conversations with her that said, you need to clean yourself up. And then her going to him for a second time and saying, no, I don't think she could handle that. They say after he passed out, she planned to steal whatever she could from him. Then she found his nine millimeter under his pillow 
and made a desperate choice. I think that she was backed in the corner, I guess. Like, she was nervous of what he was going to do to her for stealing from him. I don't know if this was her plan or she just acted on, um, you know, an opening and she saw it. So she just said, I'll kill him. That's when she pointed the gun at his head and fired. Then she stole his money, his checkbook, and his prescription drugs and took off as fast as she could. But that's when she was pulled over by Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office. Ashley's defense is that Joe tried to rape her and she shot him in self-defense, but no one buys it. But the evidence on scene doesn't really support that. Um, the victim was shot while he was lying down. Joe was protective of women. As far as violence, I've never seen anything like that from him. Knowing she's staring down a life sentence, Ashley agrees to a plea bargain. They said that her attorney was gonna find the one person that didn't like my dad and argue his character and that we should just accept a plea bargain and not risk her walking out of the courtroom with us. On June 15th, 2012, Ashley Thornton pleads guilty to manslaughter and received 30 years. I believe that Ashley thought that she would get away with this murder because of the hurricane and the way that it affected the city. Good news is she was wrong. Although justice has been served, Joe Wong Choi's family still suffers with closure. What happened to him is so unfortunate. I miss him tremendously, and I love him. We weren't that far apart age-wise. Um, and I guess, for me, the question that I would have for her now that everything is said and done and she admitted what happened, why, you know, you destroyed not only my family, but your own. Katrina definitely negatively impacted my life forever. I know that from the moment that I felt that he was dead before I even knew for sure, that my whole world was turned upside down. He had a beautiful personality and he cared about people. This whole thing kind of left a hole in all of our hearts, just kind of left us, us bleeding, especially, you know, you don't get to see someone, you don't get to have any closure on it. And for the city of New Orleans, it would take more than 10 years to heal from the devastating wake of Katrina. Katrina was one of the deadliest hurricanes in U.S. history and is now a costliest storm in U.S. history. So many people were affected by it and lost everything. But fortunately, New Orleans is a city that doesn't give up and we've all come together and rebuilt this great city. We remember Katrina and, and what it, it did to us and it'll always be in our heart, but it's not gonna keep us down.